Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, friends. It's the Movie Room Podcast. Podcast. Enjoy the show. Zachy and Brian are talking about the movie. Movie Room Podcast on the radio. Welcome to Movie Film. This is episode 167, brought to you by Mr. Boy Productions. My name is Zaki Hassan. It is Saturday morning, and I am here not watching cartoons, because they don't have Saturday morning cartoons anymore. So, yeah, I have to content myself. I have to entertain myself by talking to my best pal, Brian Hall. Hey, well, hopefully it's a happy Saturday morning anyway. I could sing little bumpers to you. Can you? You know, like, uh, when we go to break, we can be like, after these messages. Hey, see that? We'll be right back. That's the yeah. one I was just doing. Wow. <laughs> uh, I feel like that, like you know, there was that window where Saturday morning cartoons existed, and that basically, I don't know, when did that era end? Let's say the late nineties. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember even when uh, I was young enough for them, they were starting to be infiltrated by sort of those Saved by, by the, the Bell by the clones. Saved by the Bells. That's that's what did it. That was Patient Zero. Yes, and you know what though, but it it, it I liked it. it. It was it was, and maybe it was because I was the perfect age because I was like a little young teen. I was like, okay, this is like a nice little uh, 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 partnership with the other things that I'm watching. But then it's like, yeah, like I said, they got infiltrated and they had all these clones and knockoffs that I could. They had all the to. clones. They had city guys. Remember C I T Y. City guys. Yes. Well, <clears throat> I remember California <laughs> Dreams. Right. California Dreams. Fun. I remember that too. See, I think I was on the the edge of that one. Like, this is no say by the bell, but I'll watch. Uh, I think City Guys is where I got lost. There was another one. It was called uh, Hang Time. Yeah, I remember that title. What was that? It was about. I don't know if you remember like this. It's about star, the, it was about. It was about a basketball team, and then there's a girl who wants to play basketball. Mm. <laughs> Not a girl. I can like just picture. I can just picture it. That was I can see everything. I can see the actors. I can see the lighting. I can see the set. I can see all of it. <laughs> that was oh, and then what was the one with uh, Ahmad Rashad? It was about. It was really about basketball. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, um, it was like ESPN for kids. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, wow, man. Oh, something with Ahmad Rashad. It was. I remember, uh, but I... I'm gonna. I'm gonna Google that. Yeah, now it's like in the thick of, you know, like the Bulls 90s, you know, and growing up in Chicago, of course, like you know, basketball, I was, that was the inside most stuff, in NBA inside stuff, inside stuff, that's it, yeah, <laughs> oh man, okay, thank you, now then, thanks for the assist, on. yeah, <laughs> nice, <laughs> by the way, I have been playing um, uh, the, 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 the basketball game for, for a PlayStation, it's like NBA 2K18 or whatever it is, yeah, uh, this is amazing, have you seen this game? No, no, it is it is like watching the game on television. Wow, I've seen like the football the football games. I know how insanely 
detailed they are. So this same, huh? It's it's yeah. I mean, it's it's at such a high level of detail where it it you know because I I have my like and Nintendo emulator thing that has like all the Super Nintendo oh, stuff. Yeah. You put one of those on in comparison, you're like, <laughs> well, this is this is quaint. <laughs> yeah, or even think, I mean, yeah, like, uh, like yeah, Tech Mobile or something, which yeah, is still right. really fun, but it's like a bunch of cubes running around. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, and now, yeah, my brother, he plays uh, some one of those basketball games on PS4, and it actually goes into the players' lives, and you can choose what kind of attitude you want at the press conference afterward, <laughs> and it informs your season. Like, it's, oh, my God. How do you even program something like that? It's incredible. It's the AI. The AI has taken over. Hmm. It's amazing stuff. <laughs> Uh, anywho, uh, 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 see, this this is like we have a higher degree of engagement when we're actually awake. Yeah, you know, and it's funny. I'm starting to notice. I feel like uh, our intros are becoming almost like Simpsons episodes where we have like a five-minute <laughs> tangent that's kind of that fun but to not related anything. to anything we're about to do. <laughs> you mean we're not going to be talking about TNBC's hang time this episode? <laughs> this, is, this is not the retrospective of, of California Dreams? I would I would love that on April Fool's Day or something if we dropped a legit two hour <laughs> retrospective of like that or City Guys or something. <laughs> oh my god! Actually, you know it, what's what's just one last thought about those TNBC shows is what was what was really jarring was when original Saved by the Bell left and then you got Saved by the Bell the new class, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. which was a clone of a show that had already been cloned like fifteen times. Uh, wait, how so? Well, you know, like all those TNBC shows were like Saved by the Bell clones anyway. Yes. And then it's like, oh, and here's another Saved by the Bell clone, but we're calling it Saved by the Bell. But it's like, Oh, right, 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 right. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. Cause, yeah, cause I, I never really got much into the new class. That was where Screech was like the principal's assistant or something. Yeah, but he didn't come back initially. For like the first season, he wasn't there. It's like uh, more cowbell. You know, like, you know, it's it's not working. What do we need? <laughs> we, we need more screech. More screech. Yeah, the first season was very weird because it was it was like here is the Zack, here is the Slater, here like it was very uh, yes, yes, yes. very cookie cutter. And then every season they changed the cast, and that show lasted a long time. It lasted like seven seasons. Holy cow! I did I did not know that. I believe I don't don't quote me on this, but I'm fairly certain it outlasted uh, original Saved by the Bell. I just recently saw this. I did not know this. Saved by the Bell was only four seasons, which That's does not feel right, right for yeah. as uh, yeah as many different episodes as I remember. And, and maybe I guess it. I was going to say their ages. I remember them being really young. And then well, being th- much that older, first but... season, remember, was like it wasn't even Saved by the Bell. It was Good Morning Miss Bliss. Right, right. So I, is that included in the four seasons? Because that would be like a fifth season, right? Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. And then you have you have the uh, the college years, which is like included in the syndication package. Of yeah, all. which I never really watched. Those were on primetime NBC, weren't they? That was that was the the hubris of thinking that a primetime, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, when you look at that in hindsight, because if you watch the show, it has the exact same quality of writing and production as the Saturday morning show, right? right. And it's like no uh, adults have uh, taste. <laughs> they have a concept of quality you can't just put saturday morning crap on and you know yeah yeah and that said you know out here in uh, la they have a, sa- a saved by the bell pop-up where you can go eat at the max and uh you know sit in mr belding's principal's office and whatnot and is f- obviously you know people who grew up with it but that said all adults are <laughs> paying 40 dollars to get in there and <laughs> that's hilarious yeah you, have a you, you went there right i did i yeah. did I, I it was totally fun. Gotta gotta admit, uh, pure nostalgia. 
Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, speaking of uh, nostalgia, I know you watched a, a film that, that takes us back in time a bit. Yeah, I uh, saw the documentary Apollo 11, Ugh. which is, uh, I, I don't know if it still is, but I saw it in an IMAX theater because they were they were touting that the first week it was going to be exclusively IMAX. Hopefully it's still an IMAX because... I, I would imagine Captain Marvel kicked, uh, kicked oh, Apollo 11 to that's the That's what, it, yep, you're right. And uh, I was going to say, if I, off the top, go see this movie. Like, go see it in a theater. If you have any interest at all in this movie, go see it in a theater. Because this, I don't know if it's going to make my top ten of the year, but this will certainly be in my top five theater-going experiences of the year. Really? Uh, without a doubt. Wow. Um, so it's uh, it's a look back at the Apollo 11 mission, you know, with uh, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin. And uh, what's unique and special about it is it includes a bunch of footage that has never been seen before that was shot by some team uh, using 70 millimeter. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, when the movie opens, uh, it's it's striking for several reasons. One, it is uh, shot very well. And it, I mean, it looks almost like a Kubrick film, honestly. Amazing. Uh, just in its sort of, you know, framing and sort of a lot of uh, static shots, but uh, artfully composed. So, I mean, it was thoughtfully shot. But what's the miracle of this movie is that because it was shot on such a high-quality film stock, they've since cleaned it up with modern technology, and it looks pristine. So you're looking almost literally through a window into 1969. And, and during the film, I even thought, this is the closest it's ever going to be to going into a time machine. Amazing. Um, and and what's 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 cool about it too is it's not narrated like there isn't necessarily like a driving narrative to this. It's more of a tone poem to uh, several hours before launch, and it starts with the uh, rocket being um, what am I trying to say? Or like the launch apparatus being uh, wheeled to the launch pad, and it's just on the IMAX screen with this incredible sound design that they've created for it. I mean, I felt like I was watching a Nolan film or something. Like it was, and, and but then there's you just have to kind of. It's almost like you are visiting and someone is leading you through the events, and no one's explaining it to you. You're just taking it in, and I, there was something about it that made it even more magical for it because you're absorbing it yourself. And then it, it, you know it, it, you you see the night before, and then it shows you again with no narration all the people who showed up on their cars, and there's Krispy Kreme donut stands for all the the observers and people with their cameras waiting to watch this, and like there's a woman and she's sitting on top of her car like brushing her hair, huh. and the detail is just incredible. And then she looks at the camera and smiles, and I was like, I don't even know if that woman's alive anymore, but I huh. feel like wow, I, that was shot yesterday. Amazing. And and so yeah, and so then you you know, you follow the astronauts and they go into the ship and then it goes up. And then of course once you get into space, they didn't have the benefit of these amazing cameras, so it uh becomes more about still photography and whatever cameras they had on board. But uh I I, I mean I don't wanna I am overselling it. No, I'm not overselling it, but I don't want to overhype it for people. But they actually managed to make the landing on the moon nail biting. <laughs> which amazing. you know happens. And is 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 uh from the point of view of one camera, like embedded on the actual 
ship. So here, here's my question. Uh, yeah. How would you – do you view this as a supplement to First Man? Oh, they, they work hand-in-hand hand beautifully. Yeah. Yes. And I don't think they overlap in a way where I feel like I already knew all this. Hmm. Like this is just this – I feel like this is just an, an amazing gift, like a historical document now that we have to view something. Like one of the greatest events in human history, and now we get to see it truly as if we are like the fourth passenger. Um yeah, yeah, I, I I really love this. And I was even thinking if anyone wanted to go with me, I would have happily seen it again in the same week <laughs> on the screen. Because I, you know, I don't know when you'd get to see something like this presented, uh, I guess, in all its glory, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, like it like wow. it was. But I, I still think on, on a, a regular screen, whatever, this is a really worthy theatrical going experience. Well, I, I had planned to see it uh, this past week, and I had reserved a ticket. Uh, through through my you know AMC A list and I was ready to go and I just couldn't make it work so like that ticket kind of went to waste but uh, still hoping hoping this week fingers crossed yeah yeah and and uh, like I say I mean I, I I hope anyone who can would go see it in a theater but even if you can't I, it's still just worth watching and it's I think it's ninety minutes mm-hmm. um, so it go and it, and it it takes you all the way back to them returning to Earth and I just I felt like I had been on this ride like it, it just like any of the best blockbusters you would watch so that is very cool yeah um Um, oh and you you saw you saw something else too yeah actually i saw i forgot i there was uh another movie i I forgot to write down in the document but i saw cold war do you uh, heard of this the polish movie Uh, yeah yeah, i've seen it yeah i think it was nominated oh you've seen it Mm -hmm. did we talk about it no i couldn't remember if you mentioned yeah um this is a really interesting movie i i had heard a lot of great things about it and it was nominated for best foreign film right yes it was the oscars yeah um so i you know kind of an interest in checking it out and a, a friend of mine uh it was one of his favorite movies of last year so uh, i it's it's a really interesting movie it's about uh, this like doomed romance uh post-world war ii and uh I, I think what was most interesting about the movie is the fact that it is uh, it's it's not like a, a really straightforward story. It's almost like a major event will happen in these two people's lives, and then it cuts to black, and then you fast forward a year, or you fast forward two years, or like they'll be in some sort of jam, and then you cut forward a year, and they're out of the jam, and you they don't really tell you how they got out of the jam. Hmm. And it's, so it's as I was watching it, I was thinking, is this annoying me, <laughs> like or, or 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 is this really clever? And by the end of the film, I thought, you know, I wouldn't want any other movie to do this. Like, I wouldn't want to watch Titanic and be like, oh, they're on the sinking ship. Oh, they're off the sinking ship. You know, like, yeah. you want to see how it happens. But in this instance, you know, I looked it up. It's like the filmmaker based this uh, off his parents. And I thought, man, there's actually something. If this movie specifically choosing to do this, it makes me think of being like at the end of your life and hmm. the way you remember all the the large moments. And, I, and so, I agree with that. That's very interesting. I, I like the way you're framing that. Cause I, yeah, I, I didn't think of it that way, but I agree with that. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, in a way it was sort of, like I say, it's about this sort of tragic romance over the years. And what I liked about it also is at first she was really, uh, annoying me. I was like, ah, oh, what's wrong with you? And then it would like, you know, cut a few, a few years later. And then he was really annoying me. I was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you know? And, and it was just, it was, uh, I mean, it's kind of like life, you know, like it was, there's sort of a hot mess 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it was sort of which made it a little more interesting because it didn't they didn't do the things you always wanted them to do and it didn't always work out the way you wanted to work out and I sort of felt like I had been on a life's journey by the the end of it and much like Roma you know when it ended I wasn't entirely sure how I felt about it but it was one that stuck with me for days and uh, I really am glad that I checked out so um, oh you know what else was kind of interesting about it I mentioned this uh, in our year end wrap up. But I was noticing more movies are uh, shooting in a aspect ratio that gives more top and bottom, you know, uh, yeah. which I think might be in a, a result of some of the IMAX, you know, stuff that Nolan and people are doing. Yeah. Uh, which we say is kind of neat, or we've said is neat because it almost draws you more into the world because you get a little more headspace so you can see what's above people and you can see the curb below them. And um, oh, yeah, I brought that up with Vox Lux. And uh, Cold War is shot in academy ratio, so like a square, like an old television. Yeah. And it lent itself to uh, inventive photography to make it cinematic, and, uh, but not using the sort of usual rectangle aspect ratio we're used to. And I found myself like just enamored with the visuals in this movie and its its choices. I mean, it, it draws you in by, by virtue of its novelty. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I I liked Cold War. I, I would recommend it. I, what, what about you? I I, no, I agree with you. It, it's it's it, I I definitely appreciated it uh, more than I liked it. I would say I totally get that. Yeah, uh, but I I would absolutely recommend it. I think it's very different, and uh, it's it's uh, it's it's you know it's it's one of those movies that's best to just sort of take in. Like don't don't read a lot about it. Um, yeah, just watch it and see where it takes you. You know. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um. um that that said, uh, <laughs> I've been watching uh, this HBO documentary, which um, everyone's been talking about. Uh, yeah, and and I feel like we should at least mention this is this is Leaving Neverland, mm-hmm. which I was not interested in watching. Uh, same, yeah. So I'm curious, yeah, how it got in front of you, and I'll like. Well, it reached it reached a point of critical mass where not only on social media but even like students in my classes were talking about it, and I was like, well, I should at least mm. give this. I should at least have an educated opinion on it. And so, obviously, if you're hearing this, you probably already know about it. But it's the documentary that tracks two uh, uh, alleged victims of of sexual assault um, uh, over many years by by Michael Jackson in in the. Uh, late 80s into the early 90s and sort of them telling their story and so it sparked this renewed conversation about Michael Jackson you know being being a child molester and, and you know a conversation that had always been there right and then and it was weird how when he died suddenly everyone just stopped talking about it yeah and and for people who aren't old enough to remember this I mean it was such a big event earth-shattering event in the early 90s do you remember this? He actually yeah, yeah. interrupted television to yeah, talk I about the I event. Well. Yeah, like it, it wasn't even on like during the day. Like I remember being home from school and it being on in my memory it was on all channels and it was him just talking about his experience. And it's like what, who can, can you imagine that ever it's, happened? It's like it's like in Man of Steel when like the aliens start It is. Up. It was like that. Yes. I'm here to tell you. Yeah, it was <clears throat> Yeah. It was him uh, vehemently decrying the allegations of of uh, sexual abuse. I think it was by one person at the time. Yes, and and it's but the thing of it is is that he 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 did that, and everyone was like, oh okay, mm-hmm. and we just kind of went on with our life. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, that was a very pregnant pause. 
Yeah, no, no, no. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. I'm just I mean, listening. It's it it's just I don't, I don't know. It's I I've been talking about this with my students where I'm like it's hard to talk about Michael Jackson in a modern context if you didn't live through his fame where he had such a high degree of fame that it you know, it he he was forgiven all his eccentricities. He was godlike. Yes. So so like here's my point. Scarily so. Scarily exactly. Uh, imagine a celebrity today. Right? Let's say, you know, a prominent musician. I don't want to name somebody. Sure. Uh, a prominent musician's like, hey, I want to uh, uh, spend time with with uh, kids. It's like, okay, I want to I want to take them to amusement parks. Okay, you know, I want to g- g- give them like a, a toy store shopping spree. Okay, I want to have them uh, sleep in my bed. Uh, hold on. I, I want yeah. I want them to just I want I want the, their parents to to just drop their kids off and have them sleep with me in my bed. Yeah, and, and, and that, how about your son lives with me for an entire year? How about that? Yeah, I don't know if you got that far yet, but yeah, yeah. I have. And so yeah. the idea, first of all, imagine that today, like your publicist would be like, okay, no, uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. no, 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 mm-hmm. and don't ever say that again. You know? Yeah, and it's in watching this. I mean, what I've, I've seen a lot of people say about this thing uh, is that it's really instructive about how people groom mm. other people. And it's amazing the way that he not only, uh, you know, lured in these kids into his universe. I mean, whatever he did, we we may never know. Like you said, we, we have to say allegedly, but like he he totally seduced the parents as well. Yes. Like he seduced families and he to what end is what we have to sit and and make up our minds for ourselves, but it's haunting. And then you see him, you know, showing up at all these events and deboarding airplanes and getting out of limos. And he always has a little boy with him. And in this day and age, not a snowball's chance in hell, you know? And you're like, how, how did the world let that happen? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. And it's, uh, I mean, speaking as a Michael Jackson fan, yeah, it's been a weird week. I mean, like he's yes. a guy. I love Michael Jackson, and 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 I still do. Like, I mean, I'm saying like uh, as recent as like this year. I you know when I work from home sometimes, like I put on a Michael Jackson album, and um, this has been a really crazy thing to be confronted with and have to contend with, and it completely has. Uh, occupied my mind this week in in ways that I it's it's just gross and sad and awful and it's a lot to take in to be honest. Yeah, it's you know uh, I I was obviously in my media class we were talking about this and you know the, talking about how radio stations are dropping M- Michael yes. Jackson from their playlists and stuff and you know that question became like you know do you are do you separate the art from the artist mm. and is it fair and whatever and and I'm like well I mean I don't know you know I I don't have an answer to that I I do feel like people make distinctions in their mind where it's like well it's terrible what he did but I just I got to hear thriller you know like mm-hmm. we build up these these walls in our head uh but it gets harder and harder the more stuff we find out you know uh totally certainly the, the like th- there's plenty of stuff out there trying to debunk uh, the testimony of of these two, uh, you know, well, they're now now they're adults, but they were kids at the time, uh, and and I'm I'm looking at that, and I'm like, well, maybe that's a factor, but to me, bottom line, they seem credible, and they they are echoing each other in a way that yeah feels 
it it doesn't feel made up, you know. Yeah. And it does feel weird to me that so many people are like trying to jump on the grenade to defend yeah. Michael Jackson. That feels very odd to me. Like you know, like like why are you so opposed to the possibility that this is true because it sure feels more true than not. <clears throat> I I uh yes. I, I agree with that, sadly. Um, especially, you know, afterwards there was a special that Oprah did and uh, the, the two men were on there with the filmmaker and like, I can't remember their names, but one of them, you're like, that guy, that guy is, he's broken. And hmm. like, it's going to take a very long time for that guy to heal. Hmm. It's really tragic to watch. But speaking to what you're saying, um, I think, you know, a lot of it has to do, I mean, think back all the way to like the 50s. And it's like Elvis Presley, like the king of rock and roll. And a lot of people are like, well, yeah, but he's doing all the black artist songs. Hmm. You know what I mean? And it yeah. like took so long for for black people to have an, an American artist hmm. that, you know, changed the world and the world recognized it. You know, yeah. and, and we, you know, Bill Cosby goes down, right. you know, and then Michael Jackson is being taken down. And I that's, that's the uh, perspective that I'm seeing a lot. And I, that sucks. That's it sucks. People people let you down. Sure. You know. Well, you know, I mean, bottom line, uh, folks, don't don't look up to celebrities. Don't, don't <laughs> I mean it's I mean, it yeah. sounds glib and I don't mean it that way, but you don't know these people, so don't put them on a pedestal. Yeah, and that's that's uh mentioned a lot in the movie is they're like, you know, looking at a celebrity, it's like staring into the sun. Like you yes. let them do anything, get away with anything and you know, you you look at uh, now we're getting into the other things a bit, but I, they're like, well, Michael Jackson was acquitted in the '90s. Right. I'm like, yeah, and he's very, very, very rich. <laughs> you know what <laughs> right. I mean? Like, yeah. So was OJ. You know? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's again. So we're never gonna have like it written on a card in an envelope for us, but sometimes you just have to take the evidence presented with you that you don't like. You know, and, and yeah. you know, regardless, these kids, to what degree we don't know, but like these kids were abused. Yeah, I, right. And and again, there there's an air of truthfulness in, in the way they're speaking that I don't believe is coached or is is being you know performed. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean that's you know it's funny we're talking about putting celebrities on a pedestal, and I was I was told this story. I remember back in like 2000, I was interviewing for a job at uh, American Eagle, American Eagle Outfitters. In in Stratford Square Mall, actually, <laughs> and and they were like, you know, name name somebody who who you uh, admire, and I was like, mm-hmm. you know, Mel Gibson is somebody who I <laughs> yeah. and I, I I I just waxed eloquently about Mel Gibson for about ten minutes, and he's such a good dad, and he's so faithful to his wife, he's certainly not anti-Semitic, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> He yeah. he would never wish for his partner to be raped. Yeah. Uh, I said all oh, of those yeah. things, and so I yeah. always think about that. And I'm like, you just don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's well, and uh, us being the Simpsons fans, we are. I mean, it just came out the other day that the Simpsons show decided to pull that episode, the classic episode from 1993. I think it's called Stark Raving Dad. Stark Raving Dad, which I literally just watched last week, completely unconnected really? to any of this. Yeah, just I was watching it with my kids. Oh yeah, and uh, it's, so it's very funny. It's that episode is very fresh, and and it it. Or Michael uh, Jackson does a voice, is what we should Michael say. Jackson People did the voice, know. though he's credited as John J. Smith. Right. 
because uh, he was too big to do a show like The Simpsons. Yeah. And it is very weird watching that show now because, you know, his his uh, uh, you know, one of the conditions of doing the episode is I want to write it. I want to have like I want to help Bart write a song. And I'm like, man, right. he was even into cartoon kids. Like it's, it's just weird, you know? I mean, and that's the thing too, uh, where where people are trying to excuse his, you know, curious behavior was that he he was abused as a kid, physically abused, sure. And uh, so it's like he sort of got stuck in this psychosis of being a, a child permanently, he, right? Right. So it's like he he always liked childlike things, and honestly, I believe he probably did. Like I I, I think he's a he was a damaged human being, you know, and that doesn't excuse any behavior. But there was just so much going on there, and yeah, so there there was always like childlike accoutrement like in his orbit, yeah, which I think probably cushioned him a little bit in some ways. Hmm. Um, yeah, and it's a great episode. I mean, Lisa, it's your birthday. Oh, cla- it's a classic. It's, it it's, it really yeah. is. So it's it's very like it's it's sad that that show is sort of caught in the you know got hit with shrapnel, you know, in this whole thing. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. I mean, something that yeah, that I'm so close to and seeing it. Oh wow! Like tied to something like this and how it affects that. It, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's and, very weird. I mean, what James L. Brooks has said is that they've removed it. Or they're removing it from the syndication package. It won't be on future pressings of the DVDs. Wow. Uh, I mean, they're going all in. I, I mean, I, who knows if they actually stick to that? Hmm. Um, but I mean, I would say. I mean, certainly for you and I, I mean, we, we own the season DVD sets from, like, forever ago. So. Yeah, and that said, though, I, I, I still am – I haven't been confronted with it yet, but I'm like, how am I going to feel when I hear Beat It? Like, yeah. Beat It's one of my favorite Michael Jackson songs. And, like, if I go into some restaurant and I hear that, I'm like – you know, it's like it's all soured now. And I realize I'm – in some ways it sounds like, well, how am I going to feel? But at the same time, I mean, it's – what about Brian's ability to enjoy Michael Jackson's back catalog? You know, well, I mean, it's funny because that sounds so selfish when you put like just one name to it, but it truly is like, how's the world gonna move on from this? You yeah, know, like it's. I mean, the world does have a relationship with Michael Jackson, so it's it's yeah, it's it's something. I mean, well, you you mentioned Bill Cosby, and and I do feel like the world has moved on from Bill Cosby. Yes. There isn't this desire to cling to, like, oh, but the Cosby show's still great or whatever. It feels like the world has moved on. And if I were to guess, I would say the world will eventually move on from this, notwithstanding, you know, the Jackson estate and, you know, obviously people uh, with with more of a vested interest in, in sort of preserving his reputation. I I think that his reputation was already in, in trouble before mm-hmm. he died. And, mm-hmm. and, it, you know, this conversation has been sort of, you know, on the back burner because out of out of respect, I suppose. You know. Well, I'm curious. What what do? You, how do your students feel about this? Because they just couldn't have the same relationship to him that we would. That's it's. I mean, but even still, even ten years after his death, even with kids who who weren't really aware of him at his prime, he's still an icon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it is a conversation that they are aware of and that they have some degree of emotional investment in, which I think itself says something about the impact that he made in his life, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm I'm like halfway through the first part, and I, I'm huh, – it's like I'm struggling to get through it, you know? 
Yeah, I was going to also throw out there, proceed with caution. I I don't even know that I would choose to watch it again, to be honest. I mean, it's I know the world is an awful place. <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, you hear some stuff in this thing, and I'm like, I just... I, I mean, too, oh, when w- one of the victims uh, uh, describes being, you know, 12, 13, whatever, and being taught to masturbate. <laughs> yeah, and that's like... Just the beginning. I mean, it's it gets it a lot worse. And and to be honest, I, you know, uh, the, you you have to look at the 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 moms who are interviewed. Yeah, <laughs> I actually called or I texted my mom mm-hmm. after watching it, and I said, "Thank God! I thank God that you guys were such great parents. It would never do something so insanely stupid. I was always in good hands with you guys, and this made me want to tell them that." Yeah, you know it's funny because uh, I remember when my 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 two oldest kids when they were younger, um, you know we we had taken them to like a photo session and somebody was like, oh you should you know you should put them in modeling and see if they can mm. you know they were cute kids, now they're hideous but <laughs> they, they had a window there where they were really cute, and 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 I was like you know I talked to my wife about it I was like I'm absolutely not doing that there's no way, yeah and and. What did it come down to? I'm like, I love my kids, and I would never willingly toss them into this lifestyle, which I'm very aware of. Right. And I know what it does to kids. Like, you know, if you love your kids, you don't put them in this type of situation. You don't. You don't want them in the spotlight. You know. Sure. And this started with sort of that. Ultimately, these kids. Yeah. You know, you know, in, in a very innocuous way, but the further along it went, I mean, you, you, I don't know. You look at the moms and you're like, mom, seriously, come on, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and and they, they own up to that during the yeah. course of the, the conversation, so I certainly don't want to pile on. But it is like, you know, the, uh, um, they they own a stake in the damage that they inflicted on these kids. I mean, that's, that, uh, that was inflicted on these kids. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, anyway, I, I don't know that I'm recommending leaving Neverland, but it is a thing on HBO that, um, it will spark conversations. Let's put it that way. Yep. I would, I would agree with that. <clears throat> All right. Uh, why don't we take a little break and then we'll talk some headlines. Yeah. Sounds good. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we are back, and uh, we have some headlines, Brian. Yes, we do. Uh, it uh, just to start off with some sad news. We, we it's been sort of 
a lot of people have left us in the past week. I know it's been really sad. A lot of people uh, grew up with, and uh, it's we 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 mentioned this a lot, but it's like we're entering that peri- period of our lives where the people when we were kids that we sort of looked up to and were involved in all the things that we enjoyed, we're starting to lose them, and it's a it's a sad thing to contend with. Yeah, I mean, well, just, just obviously starting things off, the the, the biggest uh, shock I think it's fair to say was was Luke Perry. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we, of course, we knew him from Beverly Hills 90210 growing up. Yeah, it it's uh, it again. You know, we were, we were talking about the degree of fandom that Michael Jackson had. I was trying to explain to my students about Luke Perry. Yes. Oh, yeah. And and I, again, it was I was like, because because if they know him today, they know him as Archie's dad on Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! See, I didn't even know that. Yeah, and it, you know, he 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 was in that post Teen Heartthrob thing where. They play the dad on the next Teen Heartthrob show. Sure, it's sure. like how John Schneider was the dad on Smallville, and you know, mm. John Wesley's ship was the dad on you know Dawson or whatever. Um, and I was I was trying to explain to him. I was like, you have to realize, like in in ninety nineteen ninety one ninety two, you could not escape Luke Perry. Yep his his face was on magazines like it was everyone knew who he was even if you didn't watch 9210 you knew Luke Perry you knew Dylan McKay and and I was like I can't think of a comparable example today in terms of being so ubiquitous and part of that is cuz the TV landscape has fractured yes yeah it was a definite monoculture like if something was big everyone knew what that big thing was that's right you know and I, so I was like I was like it's a huge deal for people of a certain age mm-hmm. you know uh yeah. but the, but but above and beyond that i mean the the one thing that you heard about luke perry when he was alive is the same thing you're hearing about him now just a super super nice guy uh had no airs about himself just just a good guy yeah i have a friend who is a, a filmmaker and she made a, a a film with him in it oh wow and she is, had kept touch in touch with him ever since. And every, anytime she and I would talk, she always had like a new Luke Perry story. How and it funny. wasn't even like a Luke Perry story. It was just, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, spoke with Luke last week, went to his place, hung out with his dogs. Like it was always just what a cool, nice guy he was. And hmm. so then, you know, after his passing, it feels like all you see are articles now of people sharing stories about what a nice, great guy he was. So, I mean, it's it's just backed up by everyone who was in his universe. Yeah. So such a, yeah. such a shame, you know, and, and he, a good one. he, right. I mean, it's, you know, very similar to like when Paul Walker passed away, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you just heard all the stories of, you know, all the times he had secretly like mm. helped somebody out or, you know, yeah, like, j- j- like being good, uh, not publicly. Yeah. You know, and and very similar stuff with Luke Perry. Uh, it, I know a lot of people are are going back and watching Nine Hundred Two and O to sort of li- relive those days. I, one one suggestion I want to make for people is uh, check out a show he starred in, which is now on Hulu. This is like early part of the two thousands, called Jeremiah. Mm, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It was like a sci fi uh, post apocalyptic show, and it starred uh, Luke Perry in the lead role, Jeremiah, and, um, and Malcolm Jamal Warner, actually. Yeah, wow, yeah. And it was like a really it was created by John J Michael Straczynski who, you know, he created Babylon 5 and uh it's it's again, it's like it's like life, you know, 30 years after a plague has like wiped had wiped out all adults. Like everyone over 30 died 
And so it's, or, you know, over 20 or whatever. And so it's like all the, only the kids were left. And now those kids are adults trying to like, Hmm. it's like a world that, you know, they don't know how to run it, you know? That's really interesting. I I had not seen it, but that sounds like a really interesting premise. It it was. And that was the first time I saw him in something where I was like, man, this guy, he's a, like, I like watching Luke Perry, you know? Right. Uh, So that's on Hulu. And I hope, I hope, you know, again, I know people are sort of looking to, to be like, oh, I want to pay tribute to Luke Perry by watching something. Mm -hmm. And 90210 is obviously the big one, but, but check out Jeremiah, folks. Hmm. Uh, uh, another another person who passed away, and this one is is maybe I don't know. I mean, did did you, did you watch Airwolf as a kid? You know, no, I I kind of missed that. I'm familiar with it though. I mean, the, the 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 series Airwolf arrived at a time when when the '80s was a magic era where we just really wanted super powered vehicles. Yeah, yeah, that was a thing, right? Kid. So you had Knight Rider, you had like Super Train, you had Streethawk, you had Airwolf, the, the, <laughs> the super helicopter, and Airwolf starred Jan Michael Vincent, right? Who was like a former teen heartthrob, and then he, you know, he he came of age. Uh, arguably, he's best known for Airwolf. He'd been in a bunch of other stuff. He's in a movie called Damnation Alley, like in the in the seventies. Hmm. And uh, this guy, he for, he passed away at seventy four. Uh, he lived a hard life, mm. and he he just had un, ungodly amounts of shit that he had to deal with. Like he, he, he suffered with, with alcoholism. He had like a car accident. He like lost the ability to speak. His like leg oh. was amputated. I mean, it's amazing he made it to seventy four. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, like we haven't heard of him or from him, I should say, or of him, I guess, uh, for what fifteen, twenty years, maybe. Hmm. Right. Uh, and yet, like to me, I'm like, he's just this this icon of the 80s. He's, he piloted Airwolf. He yeah. Was, he was Stringfellow Hawk. Stringfellow. That's a weird name. <laughs> that was his name? Stringfellow? That, that's the name. That's a kind huh. of a weird name for a character. So they'd call him Hawk then, I guess. Uh, no, they'd call him String. Really? Yeah, that's true. Huh. Yeah. I mean, Hawk is like the cool name. Stringfellow. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, you'll string. <laughs> yeah, that, that means to string you along. That's what the bad guys would say when he's tied up. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah, the show. I'm surprised you never saw it. it. It also starred Ernest Borgnine. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, and then I'm picturing like his love interest being like, "I guess I've got the world on a string." But That's good. I, I I don't want to go, go back, back through all the episodes to see if that line was ever used, but it yeah. seems like seems like yeah. that would have been something. Um. But yeah, so so uh, seventy three, seventy three years old, Jan Michael Vincent. But as like I said, I'm I'm amazed he made it to seventy three. Yeah, because because wow. this was a person who dealt with some shit in his life. Mm. Well, so rest so, in peace. Uh, yeah, R R R I P Jan Michael Vincent. And then lastly, and this is this is I feel like this is very specific to maybe like you and me. I mean, there are more people, but I mean, this, this is this is Marshall uh, Brodeen, who we, you and I knew as Wizzo. Yes, yes. This was uh, growing up in Chicago, and apparently this was syndicated too on WGN for a lot of people. But the Bozo Show, yes. was a staple of waking up as a kid in the Chicago land area. Didn't you just and love you, that show? Yeah, you had Bozo, and you had Cookie, and you had Wizzo. That's right, and. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're as much a part of my childhood as like Bugs Bunny or any of the other cartoons I watch. So, didn't he? Wasn't uh, he like do 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 do? Right? Wasn't that yeah, it? he would do like like little tricks, right? Little he he was like a parody. It was like a a really offensive stereotype of Arabian people. So I should I should be 
deeply hateful of Wizzo. You know what's funny is the fact that I literally did not even get that till right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's he's from the sands of Arobia. Oh, see, I haven't. I actually haven't watched the shtick since I was a kid. <laughs> I just remember what he looked like. See, yeah. I, I I should be deeply offended by it, but damn it, it's Bozo and Wizzo, and uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's sad. It's sad to to see these people leave us. Yeah. He so he he was uh, eighty four. Wow. Eighty four, and he he played Wizzo for twenty six years on that show. Holy cow! Can you imagine? Playing that character for 26 years of your life? Well, it's very funny because because the bozo for when we grew up was a guy named Joey Doria. Right. And if you heard this guy talk outside, he sounded like Krusty the Clown. Yes, and Krusty is based on... Bozo. One of the bozos, the, yeah. The concept of bozo, right? The concept of bozo, yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, it was totally that. It was, it was, because, because it, it was funny, because, because certainly later in the run, you had, you had Joey Doria as Bozo, and then after Cookie, I realized we're like so inside baseball right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. about like five percent of our audience is like, go on. <laughs> so, so yet Cookie was his original sidekick, and then yep. he he retired. He had like a heart attack, and he think I think he died. Uh, yeah, that's right. And then and then he was replaced by a guy named Rusty. See, I yeah, I don't remember those years so well. And so Rusty was this lanky, like tall, lanky guy who who uh, was very distinguished. And so it was very funny because it's like, but bo- bo- it's like Krusty and Sideshow Bob. Oh, <laughs> well, that's funny. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, you can look up old uh, footage of on air Bozo. So pre the Bozo that we're familiar with, but Bozo and his clown sidekick, and they are being mean to each other. Yes. Like they are sniping at each other. It's like this black and white footage, and you're like, oh, that's where they got it. Yeah, right. They're like Krusty and <laughs> Binky or whatever on Garfield, like that kind of crazy yeah. clown. Yeah. It, remember the grand prize game? Oh, my gosh. I would still love to play that game. <laughs> <laughs> right? What's What's funny is – okay, so so for those of you folks who are listening, you don't know. Again, X number of people are like, yes, I remember. The grand prize game was these buckets that are lined up in front of you. And, you know, you what was it, like nine buckets, ten buckets? I think it was six. Six buckets. And so, you know, you stand in front of them and you got six buckets that stretch maybe like up to like, you know, four feet in front of you. And so you each, you throw the bucket, you throw the ball, it's like a little ping pong ball in the first one, you get a little prize. You throw a mm-hmm. ball in the second one, you, you know, and then with each one it gets a little harder, it gets a little further you away. a magic set. Yeah, a bike, a yeah, dollar bill. It kept like incrementally getting more impressive. And there was always like the at-home player. Yeah, so I forgot about that. Right? Yeah, and from I, the Bozo Pewter. Th- that's right. You'd punch it in the Bozo Pewter. No, no, the Bozo Pewter <laughs> was how they chose who Oh, played. that was the audience. Yes, right. That's and then how they, they chose had the, the drum. Part. They would go through the drum. And you, if you sent in a postcard, you you would be like the person who was playing would pick your card out and you would that you would be their at home player. So at, the person at home wins everything that you win if you're playing. Right. And I, it, it's funny because I was thinking about this. I'm like, how would you like to be the kid who misses the first bucket? Yes. Which happened. Yes. And then I was like, how would you like to be that kid's at home player? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Like, what are you doing, like, Yes! Yes! Yeah. No! <laughs> you know what's funny, by the way, as you were describing that, I realized that th- just listening to you describe the game was like receiving a hug for me. <laughs> 
And at the same time, to other people, it probably sounded like, you know, so I used to wear an onion on my belt, which was the style at the time. You know, like, it's like a total, like, what the hell is he talking about? It's true. It's it's yeah. such a specific remembrance. Yeah. Remember Professor Andy and then the parade at the end? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always wanted to go to that show, but I mean, it was it was like legendary. I mean, people I've heard stories. It, it took like years and years and years for you to be able to get tickets to that show. Like you get on a list and it would be like five, eight years later, you would actually get the tickets. I, I'd heard stories. I don't know. These are playground stories, but people like have babies and then they reach out to the Bozo show so they can take their kid when they're old enough. Really? Yeah. That's so. that, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's a shame because the show kind of it was on every day, and then eventually it got uh, only once a week. It was like the yeah, sure, sure, Bozo yeah. Super Sunday show, and then it just went away. And then you know, like all things, it happens. And, yeah, and much like Krusty, I mean, that's where I saw a lot of my cartoons growing up. I mean, that was they yeah. show Warner Brothers cartoons and Woody Woodpecker and all that. Yeah, yeah, and then after a while, they would show like Transformers and GI Joe. Oh, do they really? Yeah, yeah like, but it was weird because they would show like like a ten minute snippet. snippet. Yeah. Weird. Uh, anywho, so Thanks, Mar- guys. Thanks for uh, indulging us there. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So, Marshall Brodeen, he will be missed. Thank you, Wizzo, for all the memories. Give, may I just say, Wizzo, doody 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 do. Doody doody do. As we send you off to the great beyond. Yep. Uh, speaking of things that uh, feel outdated and don't really matter anymore, let's talk about the Oscars. <laughs> right. Uh, the equivalent of a galactic year has passed since the Oscars, so I really. <laughs> Like, this is, this yeah, is, it could be a week for all I know, but it feels like it was last year already. It really does, right? It, it I've got like, isn't this the one where didn't Warren Beatty read the wrong thing? Like, it, it's all this. <laughs> right. it, it's it's uh, it it's it's been a while, but again, out of out of necessity, I feel like we should we should mention what happened. It. Yep. Uh, which is, you know, the one thing I said going in, I was like, I, I don't know much about what's going to happen. I'm not going to make any predictions, but the one thing I'll predict. Is there's no way that Green Book wins Best Picture? <laughs> as surely as Mel Gibson isn't an anti-Semite, I'll tell you what. That was my firm conviction into going into the night. And and what did yep. you know? Funny thing. Yep. And and uh, uh, people got pissed off about that. And I was I was irked, but then the irk irk irkedness started to irk me also. I am entirely with you. Yes, I had the exact same experience. It's because uh, I was actually thinking back to when we talked about Green Book, and I think I think where we ended up was we were like, it's fine, like it's a good message. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I don't think it's ill-intentioned at all. Exactly. And yes. we were both like, you know, I mean, it's uh, you know not necessarily the best movie of the year, but it is what it is. And then uh, yeah, we, we, you know. and and so it's very funny to see all the like, oh, it's a. Uh, it's like a white supremacist this, and it's like right. a white savior that, and it's you know like all the stuff, like a lot of agenda stuff is getting shoveled on top of it, and and I'm like ultimately I'm like look, do, how many best picture winners do we even remember? <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, you know what I mean. Like I like I was trying because because I went into school Monday morning and I had some kids who were real pissed off about it, and mm. I'm like, listen, guys, look at. Your as long as you've been alive, look at uh, n- name the best picture winners for every year you've been alive. Right, right. You can't because the majority are forgettable and are forgotten. Right. So, so big picture. The point is like I'm like, who cares? Right. 
right? People are like, oh, Black Klansman should have won. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? In 20 years, people are still going to be watching Black Klansman. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, look at Do the Right Thing. Yeah, that, right. I've yeah. never seen Driving Miss Daisy. That's exactly right. You yeah. know? Uh, so, so, I guess that's all I have to say about the Oscars. Everybody just settle down. I, you know, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on board with you. Actually, I, I, I sign off on what you're saying. That's kind of, my feelings were almost exactly the same. So there we go. Uh, <laughs> everything else, sure, it's fine. You know, the, I'm glad Quaron won. I think he deserved yep. it. And uh, uh, Spider-Man, that was great. Uh, Spider-Man, I have to admit, that made me very happy. Uh, and, and I'll tell you something, because uh, it just came out on digital two weeks ago. My five-year-old has been watching it every single day. He watches it and recites the dialogue along with it. Uh. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been wanting to revisit it, so that's it's yeah. it's entirely worth it. And I'm really I'm just glad that that's a movie that I, I have to imagine my kids aren't the only ones who it's going to have a real impact on. Like it's going to be yes. one of those movies. Yeah, that yeah, they, that they carry forward. You know. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, well, uh, and uh, this is tangentially connected to the Oscars. Steven Spielberg, Brian, uh, is yes. on the warpath. <laughs> uh, don't mess with the beard. It's gonna be. You get the horns or something. I don't know. I, oh, you started making me theor- think of lyrics, and I realized there are lyrics I can't say on air. <laughs> it's an NWA song. <clears throat> Good. Um, yeah. So, so uh, Steven Spielberg is not happy about Netflix being a, an awards contender. Mm-hmm. And and I have to admit, uh, he he feels a little old man yelling at cloud. Yes, I I saw someone actually Photoshop that image, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Like you kind of want to like. He's like your grandpa. I'm like, hey, grandpa, 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 grandpa. Like, <laughs> I kind of like pull pull him in and like, yeah, no, tell me, tell me, tell me over here, tell me over here. You know, like, yeah. I mean, I I love Steven Spielberg. You don't need to. I don't need to tell you that. We we both. It's it's yeah. it's one of the it's one of the pillars of our friendship. I'd like to think is our it is mutual yep. affinity for Steven Spielberg. So so I'll 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 always be be uh, in his corner. Except in this instance, I'm like, you know, maybe don't make this your hill to die on. Exactly, exactly that. Like if it's a it's a a feeling he has and something he wants to share, and people don't have to share in his opinion. That's one thing. But yeah, it does feel like this is now like a cause. Yeah. That said, I mean, well, and the cause being, I think he he feels you know movies that debut on television should win Emmys, and movies that debut in theaters win Oscars, and. You know, there's a lot of things going on in this conversation. I mean, there's a, l- a little part of me that understands what he's saying. Um, there's also another part of me that feels like I I would love to believe he's a genuinely thoughtful, good guy. So I think there might be a little naive elitism mm. in it, you know, where it's like, well, no, I, I make movies and this is how movies are taken in and uh, recognized and there are TV people, and that's what they do. And yeah, so his, getting... his contention is, look, Netflix is doing great stuff, but that's TV. It's not movies. Yes. Um, Which, yeah. In I mean... his def- mild defense, it, it reminded me, actually, of maybe like 20-some years ago when you know I was really into like like rock music or grunge music or whatever, and I would think, oh, if there's a band and they don't have a real drummer, it's just a computer, well, that's not real music. Hmm. And I've since, you know, come a long way from that and realized that that's not true. So it reminds me of like the changing tides a bit for someone, and then hopefully they can be adept enough to take a step back. 
So here's so Brian here here's something that and I wish I could credit them. So here's what somebody said on Twitter, which I I've been thinking about. They're like Spielberg has always been a dinosaur when it comes to recognizing mm. the the industry moving forward. And the yeah. example he gave, and I'm hard pressed to disagree with this, is like Steven Spielberg spent the entire '80s not letting ET be released on home video, right. And when you think about it in hindsight, you know, we, we joked like on our commentary how like E.T., you have to, it, it, it's, it, it's very specific, the fandom for that film. Mm-hmm. It didn't transcend its moment and how much of that can be traced to him not letting it come to home video so that kids could in, it, it take it in the way they took in Goonies and, you know, Monster Squad and like all the, those films. Yep. Right, I mean, eighty-two to when did it come out? Like eighty-nine, eighty-eight or eighty-nine. Yeah. So six, seven years when it could have been out there, but yep. but Playing because sleepovers and yeah, you know what I mean. And I'm like, I think he, I think that's right. Like, I think, I think that Spielberg has a very, like, oh, I want it to be like it used to be in the old days. Yes. Way, and that's not always a great thing, you know. Yeah, and I. Hearing a, a bit more of the details of what I believe he is, he was supposed to meet with the Academy and propose a few things. Mm-hmm. And I got to actually admit, when I read them, I didn't disagree. He was saying, I mean, for any movie to qualify for the the award, it has to have, you know, X amount of weeks in a theatrical run. And so I feel, I'm like, well, yeah, no, that, that actually makes sense. I mean, it should abide by the same, I, I think it should abide by the same rules that the other if it's a if it's a competition and there are rules and all the movies should abide by the same rules. I don't know what those rules are, but I the the broad stroke of that sounds right to me, but I don't know exactly the nitty gritty of what he's getting into. Yeah. Um but uh, apparently just yesterday I think uh uh Jeffrey Katzenberg came out and said that he talked to Steven and asked him specifically about this thing and Spielberg said uh, about what quote specifically I don't know, but he said I absolutely did not say that. And Katzenberg's saying he said nothing, which could be true or it could just be a bud putting his uh, yeah <laughs> trying to stick up for another bud. Ugh, it's it has been disheartening to see Twitter just like going after Spielberg. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and really in stupid ways, like accusing him of you know entrenched racism and all this stupid <laughs> crap. Like right, right. you know, woke Twitter is just the worst. Right, right, right. And I'm like, no. He's Steven Effing Spielberg. Yeah. He can be wrong, but he's still Steven Effing Spielberg. Yeah. You know? Uh, Speaking of Spielberg, let's talk about uh, his former, or not his former friend, his friend's former franchise. Yes. Uh, Oh, that's a mouthful. There it is. (laughs) The music. (laughs) There it is. So, So not a lot of Star Wars news this week, Brian. Uh, No. Yeah. We are still without a title. Um, apparently, the first footage has been shown at some sort of what was that? Like a uh, not exhibitor. I actually hadn't even heard this. Oh, uh, some I I I don't even know what it was. Some sort of like Disney executive sort of thing where they show them the upcoming year. So the first footage is screened, and someone actually did report what was shown, and it was about as abstract as you could imagine. Um, but uh, yeah, what we were going to talk about in lieu of. The non-news from the past week was that uh, Topher Grace recently spent a weekend, apparently, uh, cutting together a trailer that encapsulated the eight movies that we have so far into one long mini-narrative. And uh, 
you and I were talking about this past week. I sent it to a few of my other friends, and you know what I what I said after watching it was, it's unfortunate that Star Wars has become a thing that some people like, ugh, mm-hmm. like have some sort of like maybe even wince at now because of the conversations that inevitably follow now about oh I hate this movie, right? Well then I hate you, and blah, blah, blah. it's just like, ugh. but watching this distillation of these stories. In, that perfectly encapsulates the saga and the, the the sweeping emotions and the drama and the fun and the everything the adventure about it. I was like, all these people can just d- disappear. Like, <laughs> I love this thing. Yeah, like this thing totally reminded me why I will always love this story. It's and it's beautiful. It it's 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 extraordinary, and and you're not the only one who had that reaction. I mean, the way this thing rocketed around the internet, uh, so it, it's a, like a lot of people had that same moment of of like, yeah, this is what yeah. I love, you know? Yeah, yeah. It did a really good job of. Uh, I mean, it takes you through the story from episode one, but it does a lot of. Uh, it, it hops around and shows you some of the echoing that happens between the prequels and the original trilogy and you know some things that are set up in Empire Strikes Back then they cut to an image of Rey we're like ooh okay you know yeah, like right. it's 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 very well done very well done yeah there was i, I don't know if you saw this mark hamill gave another interview <laughs> uh, <laughs> i don't even Speaking need to of say. like uh, grandpas are like hey 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 grandpa get a, maybe don't go to that microphone uh, uh, uncle mark you know so he's he's promoting this um uh, uh, Nightfall, this series that he's on. Okay, uh, and and so of course he's gonna he's gonna talk about Star Wars. So so he he has some thoughts, Brian. Okay, uh, he he has some thoughts about Luke's role in in the sequel trilogy. And again, he has done a good job of of trying to keep his nose clean, but he's stepped yeah. in it again. I think. Uh, here we go. He says, uh, this, this is, this is Mark Hamill talking about, uh, what, what the decisions that were made in the, in the sequel trilogy. Uh, he says, I just thought Luke's never going to see his best friend again, referring to Han Solo's death. You look at it yeah. in a self-centered way. I said that was a big mistake that these three people would never reunite in any way. I guess I was wrong because nobody seems to care. <laughs> I have to stipulate that I care, but it didn't really seem to affect the larger audience. Luke, Han, and Leia will never be together again, and I'll probably never get to work with Harrison again. Then the second thing was that they killed me off. I thought, oh, okay, you should push my death off to the last one. That's what I was hoping when I came back. No cameos and a run of the trilogy contract. So all three movies. Did I get any of those things? Because as far as I'm concerned, the end of seven is really the beginning of eight. I got one movie. They totally hornswoggled me. <laughs> I can hear that in his sort of like, <laughs> you know, kind of right. tone that he does. But uh, yeah, that's kind of funny. And and just just so it doesn't sound like he's totally grumpy grandpa, he says, listen, I never expected to come back. We had a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's right. what I said. Why mess with it? It's not something that worries me because it's all about the new generation as it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he likes to grandstand a lot and he's being sort of winky a little bit. Actually, Brian, you got to hear this. I'm just reading this quote for the first time. He's <laughs> look at this. They had me walking by 3PO. He's talking about oh, the last this, Yeah. Did you see this? Yes. Yeah. I was going to bring this up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, they had me walking by 3PO, not even acknowledging him. I said, I can't do that. He, meaning Ryan Johnson said, okay, go over and do whatever. So I went over and I did whatever. 
They say it in the script. Forget the past. Kill it if you have to. And they're doing a pretty good job. (laughs) 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 I'll admit, I'm actually with him on the 3PO thing. And I remember he winks at him. Yes. Uh, Because I remember in the theater that really tickling me because yes. they have a huge long-standing relationship. Yeah, how do you so not? Yeah. I, I think he I think he was right about that. It's just funny to me that like, Yeah. <laughs> go That's do whatever. Funny. And so I did whatever. <laughs> I wore an onion on my belt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I I love Mark Hamill. I love how he has no Fs to give. Oh yeah, and you know the the whole uh, fact that the original trio We'll never be together on screen again. You, I mean, you've mentioned that. I feel like you mentioned yep. that on Twitter, and he liked it. Yep, that's right. Yeah. I, he, he had tweeted something I quoted, and I was like, this, this is the biggest missed opportunity in these films. And he, he didn't say anything, but he liked it. So, I mean, obviously, that, that's a bee in his bonnet. As it, he I could mean, have had your tweet in his head while he was talking about that. May, I mean, that may, might that's have the reason he said all this. Yeah, it might have <laughs> been the spark that light lit the fire. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, we are still excited for episode nine. Oh yeah! Uh, and and l- like you, it it is Star Wars. I will never not uh, be excited for a new Star Wars. And here's something I never thought I'd say. I'm like almost re-excited for episode nine. Thanks, Topher Grace. You know, you're not kidding. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. I almost wish like they would have dropped the title like that weekend just to really get you super jazzed. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, but why don't we take a little break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, the latest MCU movie. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. And Marvel is back in the theaters. Captain Marvel is, is I just checked the box office. Uh, as of uh, Saturday morning, it's looking at a $160 million opening weekend. Wow. So you know what that means. The, the, the anti-feminist haters on Twitter uh, got their got their scalp. No, no, they didn't. They, 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 this 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 movie has been subjected to such a a a, a a a volley of bullshit for months. Yeah, yeah. The whole Rotten Tomatoes. This is one of the first movies though where I've sort of consciously stayed away from all that stuff. Yeah. Um. Sometimes you can't avoid it, but anytime I'd see some article about a bunch of dorks <laughs> that's, there's know, no other word for it trying to dork it up i'm like okay like i just here's the thing brie larson gave an interview where she's like i and and i'm paraphrasing but essentially she was like i i want more diversity in my press days so that it's yeah. not just a bunch of white people let's get people of color let's get women in there and she her having the gall to say that was enough to just send you know a bunch of man babies yeah, uh, ranting and raving into the night, right? And you know, it's been kind of it's it's been on one hand it's funny and right, pathetic. Right. On the other hand, it's worrisome and dangerous. Yeah, I, that, I, I yeah, you right. know, people get so exercised over stuff like this. 
And uh, so, and you know, like James Woods was out there tweeting, like, go see Alita instead of Captain Marvel. <laughs> James Woods? James Woods. I don't know if you knew. He's like a right-wing lunatic. I don't know if you knew that. I did, I did know that. Um, you know I've met James Woods, by the way? Really? Yeah, I was having lunch with Christopher Guest and uh, <laughs> and his editor, and we were on the Fox lot uh, on the lawn, and James Woods walked by just to say hi. He's like, hi, James Woods. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good impression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, speaking of good Simpsons cameos, by the way. Yeah, that was a great one, um, yeah. But I mean... What does he care? Yeah, exactly. And it's hilarious to me because I'm like, Alita is like, do you know what Alita is about? I think you would be even more opposed to that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't even. It's not <laughs> so, even so stupid stuff. Anyway, so so the movie's out. It's a massive hit. It's another massive Marvel hit. Yes. Um, what do you think about it, Brian? Oh man, you you know my thoughts because because I know your the thoughts. Gun. You I read my review. I cheated. You cheated. Zachy actually texted me and said, don't read my review. And I was like, oh, no. As you're like on your phone, you have the browser open with my review. You're like, hmm, let me close that. <laughs> yeah. no, I had to know. Um, and I'll start it by saying this. Um, even with the Marvel faithful, this has been a little bit of a divisive movie. Yes. And uh, I... I think I'm kind of like reverse Aquaman on this one. Hmm. I kind of liked it. Nice. <laughs> um, but that said, I think with Aquaman, for some reason, and I've been meaning to revisit it because I did go into that a bit under pressure and like trying to do it for the review and going quick. And some of the, the glaring issues with that movie shown brighter than the fun that was being had. And, but, and, and Brian, can I just tell you something? This is very funny to me because, because my screening of Captain Marvel was, was last Monday and yeah. I had pre-ordered Aquaman on Vudu. So like your pre-order gets processed the night before. So like it's available Tuesday, but uh, I can access it on Monday. Oh, so okay. I, I watch Captain Marvel. I come home and I'm like, Hey, Aquaman is here. And I sit down and I start watching Aquaman. And my first thought is, man, I wish I liked I wish I liked Captain Marvel as much as I liked Aquaman. That's so funny. So, yeah, very funny to me. Well, and so and as I was watching it, and we'll get into all this stuff because there's a lot to talk about. Yes, but it has its problems, and and they're frustrating when you take a step back and think about them. Um, and I was realizing them as I was watching it, but at the same time, I was having a really good time. Hmm. And uh, and then when it was over, I was like, I can totally say everything that should have been different about this movie, but like, that was fun. Right. And then I looked over at all the other people I saw it with, <laughs> and, uh, and a, a couple of them really didn't like it. I was like, Oh, 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 okay. Okay. And then I started, you know, and then, uh, you know, started hearing other people talk about it. And it's funny cause everything that they have take issue with, I'm like, no, you're right. Like, you're right. It would have been a better movie had they done this or if they had fixed this or whatever. But hmm. I, I enjoyed my time with it um and now a couple days later thinking of those things yeah it's frustrating because this movie could have been great that see this is the thing right because a i'm a massive marvel fan i'm probably a bigger mcu fan than you are oh easily yes right and second i i hate these assholes on the internet yes, yes so i wanted nothing more than for this one to just knock it out of the park and yep. and to me it's not like I did not hate it. I mm -hmm. think I think it's I'm I'm watching it again in 
an hour, like literally an hour from the time we are uh, that I'm saying these words, I'm going to be in the theater watching it again. Mm-hmm. And I'm going with my niece, who is, uh, you know, uh, 16. Mm-hmm. And she's, I know she's going to love it. Yeah. I know it's going to play for her in the exact way it's meant to. So in, in a big sense, my words don't mean anything. Like My opinion, big picture, is not the important one when it comes to this movie. Yeah. That being said, I think that, to me, out of all the, like, number ones in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this was the weakest to me. And I think it says something about the bar of the MCU that even then, it still has stuff that's worth that re- that's worth recommending it. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, to me, and and I noted this in my review. I, I, the biggest thing, what works against it is also what doesn't. What what's helping it is that it's so woven into sort of MCU canon mm-hmm. that it doesn't really stand on its own. Yes, but it doesn't need to stand on its own. Right. So it's you know it's like it, entirely how you choose to view it. Uh, the you know. Uh, it again. It, I I didn't hate it. I keep having to say this, but th- to me the problem. I wish Captain Marvel. You're setting. This is the first female solo superhero. You got to let her stand on her own. You you can't have it so woven into the canon that it, it it. You take all that stuff away. Does it work? I don't think it does. Yeah, and it's funny what you're saying. I'm realizing I'm the mirror opposite of it, where I'm saying that I liked it, but I can't not acknowledge the things that don't work. You know, you're like, I can't not acknowledge the fun that I had, but, and I'm like, um, I think before we give get into spoilers, um, the thing that unfortunately doesn't work is, is exactly what you're saying is I don't think they took the time to set up this character. Yes. And exactly. You know, she, you're just supposed to be like, she just is. And like, let's go. And they do a lot of shorthand. Yes for who she is and what she wants but it it's not enough and when i when i when i left i was thinking of Mm ant-man because you know it's uh a character i knew nothing about and i was being introduced to and if you asked me to explain paul rudd's character i'd be like oh well yeah he's this guy and he's divorced but he loves his kid and uh you know he's a world of crime but he's trying to get away from it but you know like i i I know that guy you know and i can and star lord you know like he he has a past, you know, it's like he's in space and he's kind of cool, but like a hero in his own mind. But he's got this really tragic story that informs him where he's got this tape because it comes from his mother who, you know, died in the past and he doesn't know his father. Like all of that that you love about those characters, we do not get in this movie. Yeah, exactly. And it's 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 that is its hugest flaw, because I think if we were to get one scene. This is this is my my if I had to choose one note to lobby at this movie I'd say if we could just get one scene not a montage but a scene of her at some point in her life on earth so we can understand who she is and what she wants and what's in her way yeah I think the whole uh problems with everything with this movie would be substantially uh fixed yeah, uh, what you're saying is exactly right, and and the analogy I've made, it, what what I've said first of all, you know, and uh, we're presented with a character who, at the start of the film, she has spotty memory, she has amnesia, she doesn't really know who she is, and then she goes on this journey of discovery. Okay, uh, I say, 
look at look at the first RoboCop, the original RoboCop, right? Right. Same kind of setup, right? And and granted, we don't know who who Alex Murphy is really like before he's killed, right? Mm-hmm. But we spend time with him, right? We get a couple scenes, so that's helpful. But more than that, to me, one of the most important scenes in that whole film is when RoboCop is going through his empty house. Yes. Yep. And he's getting snippets of right, and that's all we need. Yes, to see to see how he felt about his family, and and this is my problem with Captain Marvel is that we don't see Carol Dan, who we don't see who Carol Danvers was before, so we don't have a sense of what she's lost, and we don't really have a sense of who she is when she gets it back. So so we, we we're like there's the moment at the okay, do, do we want to talk spoilers? Uh, yeah, let's do it. So, so I mean, I guess for people, because uh, I'm, I'm hearing more and more that some people start the show and then end at the spoilers. Okay. Uh, and then leave it and come back to it. So, yeah, I I mean, I think people kind of know where we stand at. I, I think it's it's fun but flawed. Is, is But you know what's funny is I'm, I, I'm right there with you. Fun but flawed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're talking about the same stuff. We're just plugging in different. We're, we're, we're attacking it from different ways, but I think we're ending up at the same place. Yeah. So yeah. so here, here's what I'll say, non-spoiler. Look, it's an MCU movie. You already know if you're going to watch it. Yeah. And and uh, it as as a setup for the one that you for sure are going to watch, Avengers Endgame, it absolutely does what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. It gives you the backstory to make whatever's going to happen there matter. Yeah. And and you get to see like 1990s Samuel Jackson again. It's amazing. That's that's, that's amazing. And let's talk about that on yeah. the flip side of the spoiler wall. Spoilers. Okay. So the movie ends near the end and and uh, you know she she uh, uh Brie Larson. Brie Larson who by the way is a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. Who, I feel like the directors here, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, did not know what to do with her. I, I yes, I feel like there are two problems. I think she's lacking an arc. Yes. Um, and it's it's in there if you if you squint, but I don't think it is punctuated well, and I blame the directors for that, and 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 the writing. But also, I feel like. Sadly, like yeah, Brie Larson feels a little bit out of her comfort zone, mm-hmm. and uh, she's a little wooden. Yes, throughout the whole thing, and it just this is someone who's supposed to be sort of cocky and confident, and it it's kind of one note the whole way through, and it it yeah, it just doesn't play see, like see, I think I, they meant it to. I feel like if again making that RoboCop comparison, if she is more uh, not robotic, but aloof and distant as the movie starts yes yes yes, and then she becomes herself as she rediscovers humanity then there's something to point to there's a there's a progression right yes yes and this see this is my problem is we end at this place where she's like uh, you know my name isn't veers i'm carol danvers or whatever she says i'm like what does that mean it's mm-hmm. not, you know, yes. because there's, there's two Like moments. Murphy at the end of RoboCop. Exactly, yeah. right? That I was thinking of that. I was also thinking of my name is Neo. Mm. Right? But those are triumphant moments where our character embraces who they truly are. Right. So we have Carol Danvers on this journey where she has the power of the Kree, 
but the heart of a human. And the, mm-hmm. the, the, it comes together in this moment where she's like, I'm not going to be your weapon anymore. I'm going to protect the universe, whatever. Fine. That's all good. But to me, I'm like, what got us here? Right. Right. And there, there's a scene in the film where she meets her, uh, f- her former, you know, her best friend slash flying partner or whatever. And her daughter, uh, the daughter, by this is very clever. Uh, the daughter is Monica Rambeau who mm-hmm. in the comic books, in the Marvel comics, the, uh, the, the second Captain Marvel was uh, Monica Rambeau. So that little girl ah. grows up to be a superhero of herself in the comics. Nice. Um, the daughter's like, here's a picture. You, here's you and your dad. Your dad didn't like you. Here's you yes. this. This is when you fell down the thing. And he, and I'm like, are we doing this? Yes. Yes. I mean, that's, um, that's just info dump. That's not, you know. Yeah, and and you get the the it's in the trailer the the montage of her always being like falling down and yes. getting picked back up. I gotta admit, the first time they showed that in the movie, I started feeling it. I was like, ooh, like not misty eyed, but I was feeling like all the feels. Sure. And uh, and it was, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I want hell yeah, I want this girl to you know triumph. And, but 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 that's like all they ever give you. And and I'm like that's it I, yeah yeah and it's like ooh like I was hoping then like you said in in RoboCop like I want that scene of the past where it's all crystallized yeah like you're and, seeing snippets and then we get the scene where it all comes together yes yes yeah, uh, yeah I mean it's a lot because because it's like you don't belong here you're not supposed to be doing this like her dad's an asshole and then oh they call this a cockpit for a reason or whatever like all this stuff yeah. you know what just to be clear. That's all great stuff. To it include. is. It was like, very effective. Yes, but that's exactly what you're saying. Who is Carol Danvers separate from that? Like what we know about her is she's a fighter pilot who dealt with discrimination because of her gender. Right. That's it. Yes. You know, and and the movie makes a big deal of of uh, sort of uh, seeding this connection that she has with Annette Benning. Right. Who is, right. you know, she's a Cree, a, a warrior in disguise. She's Marvel, which is very clever because in the comics, Marvel is a man and he's the original Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I thought that was actually really cool that they, they made Marvel a woman uh, because it doesn't make like the Brie Larson Captain Marvel beholden to a man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was smart. But let's see that relationship. Yes, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They like, have why like did two she take her under together. her wing? She yes. finally found her mentor. Yeah. Yes. You know? So it's it's like weird. It's like it really feels like a lot of stuff got chopped out in the editing process or they just like forgot to put it back in. Yeah. Well, going back to her friend, I, I wanna not forget uh Rambo. Yeah. She has a moment where they're reunited and and uh and brie larson or captain marvel doesn't know who she is yeah and she fills in a lot of gaps like we were best friends and you left and didn't let me know and it's really you know upset me and i was realizing even as i was watching i'm like ooh, this whole the whole heart of the movie is on this actress's shoulders right here yeah like i have to believe that they were best friends and she's upset and i thought she did it really well actually yes. yeah and it, it did a lot of the heavy lifting that the script unfortunately didn't do um, unfortunately, that character gets a little bit sidelined, short shrift. Yeah, yeah, as as it goes on. But uh, yeah, I, I was like, whoa, they put a lot of weight on that, <laughs> that actress. Yeah, no, and and she did a good job. And yeah, um, I, I you know I want to give credit Jude Law. I thought it was 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 a lot of fun. 
Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I I was realizing that too. Watching him, I was like, oh, that guy's just dependable. He right, exactly. And and I think you know the 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 story does a nice job of of distracting you from the fact that he's the villain. Yeah, I I had my you know little spidey senses go off at the beginning, but yeah. then I kind of forgot about them. And I think that's a good example of just using Jude Law judiciously. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very proud of that. Uh, I in in a smart way. I think I, Ben Mendelsohn is like Ben Mendelsohn, and he's awesome. Yeah, um, they use him in a clever way too, because he's typically the villain. Yes, and well, it's it, the question I had. I was because because he plays himself. Yeah, I mean, he plays a guy who looks like Ben Mendelsohn, and he's like pretending to be because he's a scroll, and then the scroll him is also Ben Mendelsohn. So I'm like, wait, so. Like that—that's where I got tripped up because I'm like, yeah. So does the alien Ben Mendelsohn guy look like? Because he's like pretending to be a, a real person. Right, right, right. But it's very funny because when he's a scroll, he's like Jason Statham. That's what he sounded like. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I just yeah, yeah. That very funny. Um, uh, he's again dependable. Sam Jackson is having the most fun I've ever seen him have as Nick Fury. Oh, it was so much fun, and I love his like. Or- this is his origin story. Yes. You know how uh, well Shield already exists, but how the Avenger Initiative gets started and his sort of finding that aliens are real, and I really enjoyed that. Losing his and eye, losing his eye, and I could not believe I saw this in 3D, which I think puts like a little bit of a shield between me and the screen. Hmm. But um, his the technology to de-age him oh was, gosh. in my eyes, from what I saw, was flawless. Yeah, I mean. After a while, you just stop looking for the seams. Yeah. You just forget about it. Yeah. I, I can't believe... And he's like a main character in this film. I mean, can you imagine how much work went into that? Yeah. Him it, running around, doing all those things. It was, it was unbelievable what they pulled off with that. Yes. I also... It, it, I, I appreciated the Stan Lee cameo. Yes, that uh, was so funny. The Mallrats. Yeah. He's like getting ready to film Mallrats. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, was, and and of course, the Stan Lee tribute at the beginning was great. Yes. Um. It's it's weird. I I gave this one a C plus, and some people are like, "Man, you're too harsh." Some people are like, "You're too easy on it." And I'm like, "I don't know. It feels like a C plus movie. Like it's like you know, it's fine." See, that's that's what's so weird about movies like this, where you're like, "This is why I'm glad I'm not a film critic, and I don't have to put anything sort of definitive out in the air. I can just sort of like <laughs> rant. I can I can like go you know through the valleys and the whatever as I'm having this conversation, and I get to walk away. <laughs> but." uh Ultimately, I know the feeling I had when I walked out, and I I had a lot of fun. But I also know, and this is the thing too, and I think a lot of people don't think about this when they're watching movies, like general audiences. And sometimes they even say to critics, "You're not supposed to think about the movie. It could have been. You're supposed yeah. to just sort of look at what's there." But I'm like, "Yeah, but you know what? It could have been." <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, like I, you can't help but have that feeling. But I also can't deny more than I think the other people I saw it with. I I, I did. Walk out with a smile on my face, having here. A good you know, time. Brian. One one thought I'll add uh, is is to me an an issue I had was her power set is not defined. Yeah, and I think I might be conditioned to that with these new superhero movies, where I'm like, well, yeah, they're like invincible and they can do whatever they need in the moment. Yeah, <laughs> like. Which is true, um, but to to me, it's like clearly you're setting her up as she's the Deus Ex Machina character, right? Who's going to save the day in you know Avengers Endgame? But I, I'm I'm like, what what is it? What can you do? Like, what 
what are your abilities? Give me, I'm not saying I need like a screen of, you know, bullet points. No, I, I, you're right. You are right. Cause we need to know what is in her arsenal. that The others do not wield. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because, Um, because to me, it's like, you know, it, it's so like the, the, you know, she gets her powers because of that, that, reactor explodes and infuses her with the energy and that's of course from the tesseract right which i think the the way they tied that in that's fine i have no problem with that but to me it's like okay but now that you like okay so it infused you with this but what did it infuse you with Mm -hmm. sure sure like give it a name even if it's something right you know uh to me that's make it up (laughs) yeah you know something because because at the end it's like she you know the kree are about to attack earth and then she shows up and they just like look at her and they're like all right let's let's get lost right so clearly she's okay she's powers on a godlike level okay but what is like what what you know something we can wrap our brain around yeah 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 sure i think no, I, I i i agree i mean i think i think just in terms of 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 sort of movie math that's important yeah uh, oh yeah you know and and you know the, the, what what it what it comes down to for me is generally speaking, what I've found with these Marvel films is that the big action sequences are the stuff I'm least interested in. Yes, yes. And, you know, and because it's all the CGI nonsense, it's always the character interactions that really draw me in. Yes. Um, so f- that that's where this movie tripped me up, is I found the character not particularly interesting, and then there was a bunch of pyrotechnics that I'm just reflexively not as interested in sort of along those lines, I think why I can even say what I, I liked about it or why I might've fallen for it. I mean, let's like get right to the heart of it. This is very much a movie where like fantasy enters the real world. Mm-hmm. And I'm just realizing like, I am just like a crazy zombie to this. Apparently like I just <laughs> am drawn to this aesthetic. <laughs> um, So I think that was kind of fun. It was dropped into the nineties. Yeah, which of course I have like a, a huge nostalgic attachment to, so it was fun uh, being back in that place and seeing this crazy Marvel zaniness that I know thrust into that grounded uh, you know world. Um, <clears throat> there was also a moment when she goes to the farm where her friend is. Yes, and I realized it reminded me of the beat in Terminator Two when they go to Mexico. Oh sure where the movie slows down a little bit and we get a little bit at the heart of, you know, the characters and what's going on and stuff. Um, so I realized it was sort of hitting beats that I particularly respond to. Hmm. Um, but I do realize I had to squint a bit to fill in the gaps. The movie wasn't doing for me. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and this is the thing, Brian, I mean, we're 21 movies into this universe. Yeah. So, you know, it, it people will, that's there people will be filling in them gaps yeah oh sure sure you know and so so that's it's look uh overall i i i think as part of the universe i recommend it uh i uh, on the one hand i'm like it doesn't really stand apart on its own on the other hand it doesn't need to so whatever and then also ultimately I know this movie is going to mean something very different to a lot of little girls and a little, a lot of little boys. Yep. And you know what? For that, I applaud it. There we go. There's my review. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's, I, I, I can't even, there's nothing to add to that. I I agree. Well, I think that's a good place to leave this conversation. What do you think? Yeah. 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 
Um, so, so yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, Avengers Endgame is going to be here before we know it. Oh, I know. I, I can't believe that. Oh, wait, can I can I pick your brain on this a little bit? Just yes. again, is sort of kids of the '80s slash '90s. I'm seeing some people complain about the '90s stuff, saying it was on the nose in the film. I didn't think so at all. I, I was, was just going to ask you. I was going to be like, well, it was in the '90s. Yeah, like no, I, 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 I've never understood that complaint because it's like, well, they're playing, yeah, and they dropped this like '90s song. I'm like, yes, because it was in the '90s. That's when it's like, what, yeah. what did you want to happen? Like, I think on the nose to me would be like someone being like, here, have a Crystal Pepsi. This is never going away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, that would be on the nose. Um, but uh, I'm okay. So I'm, I'm kind of happy to hear you say that. Yeah, no, no, it, it, uh, I, I agree with that. It, it, to me, it was just no, it was just part of the. It, it 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 fit in. I mean, it felt appropriate to the milieu. Yeah, I would. Yeah, been... I, I agree. So okay, yeah, thanks. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, the most like '90s part is right at the top when she crashes into that blockbuster, which is so fun. Yeah, uh, well, well, yeah, I don't totally know. fine. So yeah, I don't know. know. People need to shut up. <laughs> hey, shut up! <laughs> what is that from? Hey, shut up! I think that's a Family Guy. Okay, it sounds like something Stewie would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it? I'll have to look. If if you're listening and you know what that's from. Uh, we just mainline this stuff to the point where we don't even know. We're just pulling out references. <laughs> We've become human family guy. <laughs> right. Basically. Just... Um, anywho, okay, well, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with our next regular episode, and we'll also be back very shortly. I just re- referenced The Matrix. We'll be back soon with our commentary track for The Matrix. Wow. I Yes. Which Which I'm very excited about. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm having so many thoughts. One, excitement. Two, realizing that that's a movie that was only like a year or two away from the uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A movie that takes place in the past. The, the period. Period piece. Yeah, the period piece we just watched. That. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't believe that that four years after. Yeah. Yeah. That that period. Yeah. Piece seriously, watched. that's weird. That is weird. Yeah. Uh, but that's gonna be a fun one. I'm I'm excited. Oh man, I can't wait. I caught so, like a good. 30 minutes of it on TV the other day. And I was like, man, I still love this movie. Yeah. Well, and I have plenty of thoughts because as you know, I am a big booster of the sequels, which puts me in, yeah. in a very select fraternity. So That's going to be a fun conversation. Yeah. So, so folks, you can look for, you look for that uh, uh, later this month as, like I said, as, as well as our regular show. But uh, as we wrap things up, Brian, uh, anything you want to uh, promote while we got you? Yeah, well, I'm still plugging away over at uh, Puppy Dog Pals, and uh, I'm having a blast. I really love these characters. It's working on these two goofy little puppy dogs solving mysteries all over the world and getting things done. Getting things done. uh, If that sounds fun to you, I say check it out. It's on Disney, Disney Junior, and it airs uh, pretty much if you blink. Yeah, it airs. uh, It's probably on. It is on uh, persistently, so so that, that's a good thing if you're looking for it. Uh, as for me, you can find me at my website, zackyscorner.com, that's Z-A-K-I-S corner. That's also my Twitter, that's also my Instagram. You can also check out the latest episode of the Nostalgia Theater Show, which will be dropping very shortly, featuring my interview with Javier Grigio Marswatch, who was the producer, one of the producers of Lost, and uh, he also produced a little show that I love called Boomtown. He's currently uh, one of the people involved with the Dark Crystal series that's coming up on Netflix. Ooh. And he's also uh, in charge of the Cowboy Bebop uh, live action series that's going to be on Netflix. So uh, we shared yeah. a great conversation about Lost and about a whole lot of other stuff that I think folks will enjoy listening to. Very cool. 
Uh, also, as I ask each and every episode, please go to iTunes and leave a review. Leave a star rating. Every little bit helps. Let us know what you think of the show. Also, you can email us, moviefilmpodcast at gmail.com, and go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash moviefilmpodcast. Please like the page and send your comments there. Uh, on behalf of my partner, Brian Hall, my name is Zachy Hassan. This has been Movie Film 167. Talking up Captain Marvel. We'll be back soon, and uh, we hope you'll join us. Thanks for listening, everybody. Welcome, friends. It's the Movie Film Podcast. 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 Enjoy the show.